Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. We're right in the middle of the offseason program. Actually, we're just in a, a week into it, but still, we're kind of in the middle of it. But I wanted to have some fun today with something just a little bit different, just to kind of give us a break from the news. And so what I was thinking about is because right now the 49ers are making decisions to build the team, build the roster for uh, 2023. So I thought it might be interesting, kind of fun to look at the 10 worst decisions in 49ers history. Now, I tend to be more optimistic. And so it would seem that I would do a top 10 greatest uh, decisions in 49ers history, but there's just so many. I mean, it'd be hard to break that down. Like you have uh, signing Bill Walsh uh, or hiring Bill Walsh, um, drafting Joe Montana, drafting Jerry Rice, um, trading for Steve Young, all of these decisions that were really, really good ones that helped build the dynasty. So it would be hard to, to bring those into a top 10. But worst decisions, even though there are plenty of them, I found it a little bit easier to break that down into the top 10. So here's how I'm going to do this. I put them into two different categories. So I, I have the five decisions that likely cost the team a championship or multiple championships and the five decisions that may not have cost the team a championship, but were still bad enough to include. So let's have some fun with this. So now before I get into that list, there are some that I didn't include. So that, that, that I know people are going to say, Hey, you forgot this. So I didn't include using three picks to draft Trey Lance. And the reason that I didn't do that is because it's still way too early to know whether that was a great decision or a bad decision. Now I tend to think that they might've been able to get Trey Lance for less than what they got. Maybe if they would have stayed put where they were, uh, maybe he would have fallen or, you know, they could have gotten Justin Fields or or some other player like that. Who knows? But so I, I, I didn't include that one. I also didn't include drafting Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. That one has been argued uh, for centuries. And we've discussed the fact that if you take Aaron Rodgers number one overall back in 2005 and you place him in that disaster of a team that Mike Nolan was building, would Aaron Rodgers have become Aaron Rodgers? Who knows? Now, one thing that I think would be interesting is when Jim Harbaugh arrived in 2011, if he had Alex Smith instead, uh, or, I mean, if he had Aaron Rodgers instead of Alex Smith, that would be pretty intriguing. But who knows how that would have worked out? Maybe maybe uh, Rodgers would have had trouble and, and he wouldn't have developed like he did. So I didn't include that. I also didn't include failing to draft Tom Brady because everybody passed on Tom Brady multiple times, including the Patriots. No one knew that he was going to become who he became. So I'm not going to hold that against the 49ers. I'm not going to hold the Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers thing against them. And I'm not going to hold the Trey Lance thing against them at this point, because we still don't know the verdict is still out. So let's get right into this starting with the five decisions that likely cost the 49ers a championship or multiple championships. And I'm going to start with the absolute worst decision in 49ers history, and that was trading Charles Haley to Dallas. What a horrible decision. 
Charles Haley played uh, six seasons for the 49ers before he left for Dallas. I, I know that he came back and played a little bit there at the end. But before he was traded to Dallas, he was with the 49ers for six seasons. He had 63 and a half quarterback sacks. That was in the regular season. He also had seven and a half in the postseason. But sacks aren't the whole story. Charles Haley was a menace. He he just terrorized quarterbacks and uh, opposing offensive coordinators and, and offensive players did not like having to face him. He was constantly in the backfield. And so that was, that was a huge, huge loss. In fact, Charles Haley, for most of the time that he was with the 49ers, was the best defensive player on that team. And that's a team that had Ronnie Lott on it. And now I'm not saying he's the caliber of player that Lot is was or over the course of his career, but during the years that Charles Haley was in San Francisco, he was for most of those years he was the best defensive player on the team, and so he he just w- was a great great defensive player and a force to be reckoned with. So then we come to the early '90s, so 1991. The 49ers, uh, Joe Montana's not in there anymore because he's injured. The 49ers had allowed Ronnie Lott to leave and sign with the Raiders. And it was a it was a up up and down season. Steve Young was in, he was out. He only played part of the season because of injury. And so in this season, the 49ers played the Raiders. And you probably have heard the story that the, the Raiders beat the 49ers something like nine to six, or it was a really low scoring game. And Charles Haley was so angry afterward, and nobody could calm him down. They had to leave the 49ers locker room and go to the Raiders locker room to get Ronnie Lott to come calm Charles Haley down. And that was only part of it. He was really an issue for the 49ers that year. He There were players that he didn't get along with. He didn't like Steve Young. He hated George Seifert. And so things weren't going well in the 49ers locker room with Charles Haley. I think there was a story about him peeing on somebody's car or something like that. Um, I don't remember all the stories of what he did, but they were having problems with him. He was spinning out of control. Now, he's later said uh, later in his life that he was dealing with, for much of his life, uh, bipolar disorder. And so that no doubt explains part of what he was dealing with. But in 1992, I think it was right before the season, the 49ers had had enough. George Seifert couldn't take Charles Haley anymore. So they traded him to this young up-and-coming Dallas Cowboys team. Didn't seem like a huge deal at the time, especially uh, considering that the 49ers were loaded and, and the Cowboys were young and and nobody really thought that they were going to become the dynasty that they became. But the 49ers traded away Charles Haley for very little. I don't remember what the compensation was, but I'm thinking it was like a second and third round draft pick or something, something like that. Um, just, just they didn't get very much uh, back from him. And so here's what happened. Charles Haley has won two Super Bowls with the 49ers. They trade him to Dallas, and while he's in Dallas, he wins three Super Bowls with the Cowboys, became the first player in NFL history to win five Super Bowls. And he he won two of those at the expense of his former team, 
the 49ers. So two of those years in uh, at the end of 92 and at the end of 93, the 49ers would have won both of those Super Bowls had they not traded away Charles Haley because he was that impactful. And you take him off of the 49ers and you put him on the team that kept beating you. And that was a disaster. Worst decision in 49ers history, trading away Charles Haley. Second, is not re-signing Deion Sanders and Ricky Waters after the 94 Super Bowl season. So Ricky Waters was a, a dynamic player for the 49ers offensively in 1994. He was, to that team, what Christian McCaffrey was this past season for the 49ers and what Roger Craig was for the 49ers back in the 80s. And Mike Shanahan used him used Ricky Waters the same way that Bill Walsh used Roger Craig and the same way that Kyle Shanahan uses Christian McCaffrey as a threat in the running game, but an even bigger threat in the passing game. Not just dumping off little passes uh, when 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 the rush is coming or when nobody's open, but just, just like, like how we saw uh, Kyle Shanahan line up Christian McCaffrey in the slot or out wide or whatever, Mike Shanahan would do the same thing with Ricky Waters. He would line him up all over the place. He could he could throw deep passes to him. And Ricky was such a great receiver that uh, that he could line up as a receiver and and have the same kind of effect as as a regular wide receiver. And so he wasn't brought back. And then Deion Sanders, who was the defensive player of the year in '94, and and you know. Uh, the greatest cover corner in the history of the NFL, one of the greatest defensive players of all time, he wasn't brought back either. And if you, Deion Sanders claims that the 49ers didn't even try to bring him back. And that's kind of what it sounds like for both, that they really didn't make much of an effort to bring either of them back. I thought at the time in 1995, I felt like losing Ricky Waters was a bigger loss than losing Deion Sanders at that time. Now, that seems kind of silly because of what Deion brought to the team and what he brought to the defense. But the 49ers defense was really good during that time. And the 49ers offense lacked that uh, that running game threat and that passing game threat out of the backfield. And so the 49ers didn't replace Ricky Waters with anybody. I can't even remember the guy's name. Uh, I can see him in my head. Number 20, I think is what he wore, but I, I just, I, I don't even remember his name. He wasn't, he wasn't that effective. And so I, I think then they maybe brought in Terry Kirby in 1996, but he was no Ricky Waters. And so they really missed that. Now, if you don't believe me, I've heard Steve Young multiple times say that he felt like Ricky Waters was a bigger loss than Deion Sanders. And Steve has even said that if they would have brought back um, Ricky Waters, that they would have won the Super Bowl the next season. So I, I think that they probably would have. If not, if they would have brought back both, then they definitely would have lost or, or won the Super Bowl because they would have not only had uh, the greatest corner and a great uh, running back, but they would have taken that uh, corner, Deion Sanders, away from Dallas, um, who won that Super Bowl in 95. So I think that that uh, was a huge loss. To put it in current day perspective, imagine if the 49ers did not even try to bring back Nick Bosa, who's the reigning defensive player of the year. 
what if they didn't try to bring back Bosa? They didn't try to bring back McCaffrey. Let's say they both were free agents and they just let both walk. We would be up in arms. We would be so upset. Well, that's basically what happened after the 94 season. They let those two great players walk. Number three is drafting Solomon Thomas instead of Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not going to bash on uh, Solomon Thomas, and I'm not going to fault the 49ers too terribly much for this because, I mean, in that draft in 2017, nobody was really talking about Patrick Mahomes, and certainly nobody thought that he was going to become the player that he's become. But it, so it's easy to easy to critique in hindsight, but still the fact matters that while the 49ers drafted a defensive lineman who has had no impact on the teams that he's played for, the Chiefs selected a quarterback who has already won two Super Bowls, and by the time he's finished, may be one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. So that that one really hurts now. Kyle Shanahan admitted to the fact that he didn't really watch much of any tape on Mahomes, uh, and partly because he knew that the 49ers weren't going to select a quarterback that high in the first round. And he also knew that uh, that Kirk Cousins was going to become a free agent after that, that next season. So in Shanahan's mind, he's he's totally thinking, yeah, I'm going to get Kirk Cousins, which right now there's no way you would ever take Patrick or take Kirk Cousins over Patrick Mahomes. But at that time for Kyle Shanahan, that seemed like a good decision, but we know that it wasn't. So this decision has already cost the 49ers at least one Super Bowl. So they lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. So they would have won that one if Patrick Mahomes was their quarterback. And then the fact that they they lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship um, after the 21 season, they would have won that game if Mahomes was their quarterback, would have won that Super Bowl. And then this season, when they lost to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they likely would have won that game. And then whoever was in the Super Bowl, um, I guess that probably would have been the Bengals at that point. But so I, I think they've de- they definitely that decision definitely cost them one Super Bowl, and I think that it probably cost them three Super Bowls. And so the Charles Haley one probably cost the 49ers at least two, maybe three. And so the uh, not drafting Patrick Mahomes probably cost them three. But again, nobody knew that he was going to become who he became. So that's that's hard to that's hard to totally fault them, but still it is right up there with the worst decisions ever. Uh, number four is not signing Tom Brady after the 2019 season. So again, I'm not going to fault the 49ers for not drafting Brady, but after the 2019 season, when, when Brady made it clear that he wanted to go home and he wanted to play for the 49ers, his childhood team, and they chose to stay with Jimmy Garoppolo. That turned out to be a terrible decision. Now, I do have to confess that I was on board with their decision. For one thing, Jimmy Garoppolo almost won the Super Bowl with uh, with the 49ers right before that. And for the other thing is that Tom Brady's last season in New England, he didn't look good. 
And so for me, I thought, I thought he was washed up and I, I didn't want him. I felt like it was best to stick with Garoppolo. I was wrong. The 49ers were wrong. And Tom Brady proved us wrong when he won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I doubt the 49ers would have won that Super Bowl because they had so many injuries in 2020. But if they had Tom Brady in 2021, they would have won that Super Bowl. If they had Tom Brady in 2022, then maybe, I don't know. Brady didn't look good last year. Was that him or was that his team? Who knows? But I, I would say not not signing Tom Brady after the 2019 season cost them at least one Super Bowl. The fifth worst decision is letting Kyle, Kyle Williams return punts. <laughs> I know that this is, I'm taking a shot at the poor guy. Um, and, and this is probably too soon to bring this up, but maybe we should blame Ted Ginn instead. Ted Ginn was the 49ers punt returner in 2011, Jim Harbaugh's first season, but he was hurt and unable to play in the NFC championship that, that year. And so because of that, the 49ers chose to have Kyle, Kyle Williams, the receiver, returning punts. And that was disastrous. And part of the reason it was disastrous, as you know, is because two balls were kicked to, uh, to Kyle Williams that he ended up uh, fumbling. One, he couldn't decide if he wanted to field the ball or to stay out of the way. It took a bad hop, bounced off his leg, and the Giants recovered it and were able to score, um, a, a, I don't know, a few plays after that. So then late in the game, it happened again. Um, Kyle Williams fields the punt. He gets hit. He fumbles. The Giants recover, kick the game-winning field goal, and our hearts were broken. And I really think the 49ers were a good matchup with the Patriots uh, who the Giants beat in that Super Bowl. I mean, who knows what would have happened, but I really think the 49ers would have won that game. So those are my top five. Um, so I'm going to give you the next five. But first, if you wouldn't mind, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, then go to uh, the, the 49ers Camelot channel and hit that subscribe button. And then after you do that, I want you to hit that little bell. And that bell is going to give you a couple of options. And I want you to choose the option that says always. What that's going to do is that every time we put out a video, it's going to let you know. So that way you can um, uh, make sure that you don't miss out. It really helps us to reach more 49ers fans because uh, maybe you'll tell people about it or maybe uh, they'll hear other ways, but it just helps us grow and it helps other 49ers fans uh, get to get to be a part of our uh, content. We do a lot uh, of guests and, and have some great ones. Uh, we've had John Chapman and Matt Barrows. We've had Oscar Aparicio from the Better Rivals podcast. I've got Paul Hope this week. Um, so we're, we're doing our best to bring you some good guests um, who can give you a lot of great content because I know that you don't really care what I say and that's all right because I don't care what I say either. Uh, but if you're watching this uh, or if you're listening to this uh, on, uh, you know, just the audio version uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple or or uh, all of these others, I don't even know where, where it's all at, but I, I do know that wherever you listen that it's there. So, so please take time to subscribe, to rate, review, all that kind of stuff. So 
let's get back into this. So I gave you the, the, the five worst that probably cost the 49ers at least one championship. Let me give you the next five worst. Uh, these are the ones, this is the category where it didn't necessarily cost the 49ers a championship, but they just were horrible decisions. And so they deserve to be included and, and mocked for us all uh, to, to do that. So here's the next one. Uh, number one is firing Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh came in 2011. The 49ers had gone, uh, gosh, how many seasons have they gone? I, I should, I should have written this down, but they, I think 2002 was the last winning season that the 49ers had. And it's now 2011. So what is that? Eight, nine seasons, something like that. I'm terrible at math, but they, they just, they could not get out of their way. They were terrible. They had, they had coaches like uh, Dennis Erickson, Mike Nolan, Mike Singletary, who I, I love Mike Singletary, but he just, I, I don't think he was ready to be a head coach. And so they were building some good teams. They had uh, Scott McLuhan was the GM, and and he's he's great at his job. And he was building some really strong teams. But the problem was the coaching wasn't very good. So in 2011, Jim Harbaugh came in and built this great coaching staff, a coaching staff of all-stars, basically. And they took that talent that McLuhan had built or had brought in and they built a team that just beat the crap out of people. Um, a very talented, tough team. They were blue collar. It was the mindset. They even had these t-shirts that uh, had their names on them, you know, like they're working at some kind of mill or something. And so this was a really fun time. Uh, Jim Harbaugh took the team, led them to three straight NFC championship games in 2014, which was his last season and his worst season. The, they were riddled by injury, uh, but they still went eight and eight. So even in his worst season, he still didn't have a losing season. But Jim Harbaugh is known for being eccentric and at times difficult and he rubbed management, he rubbed ownership the wrong way. And so then uh, Jed York fired Jim Harbaugh saying something like, we've agreed to mutually part ways, which we knew that it wasn't mutual. Years later, Jim Harbaugh said it wasn't mutual. I was fired. We already knew that. We were mad at Jed for doing it. And we were disgusted that he kept Trent Baalke instead of Jim Harbaugh. I should have kept Harbaugh and should have got rid of Balky because Balky is a terrible GM. And I, th I think that he's going to do a terrible job in Jacksonville, uh, even though they had a good season this past season. Just give Balky time. He's going to screw it up. And so that still, that still makes me angry to this day. Now, yeah, we do have Kyle Shanahan, so we have a great coach now. But I, I just wish that we would have been able to keep Jim Harbaugh. So, so that's my first bad decision in the second tier of bad decisions. Number two is hiring Jim Tom Sula as head coach. So if, it's, if it wasn't bad enough that they fired Harbaugh and that they kept bulky, the next thing they did was they took a, a great defensive line coach in Jim Tom Sula and promoted him to head coach. Now, it wasn't that we didn't like 
Tom Sula, we did. I mean, there was, remember that video that, that caught him on the sideline where he's trying to fire up his guys and he's yelling bludgeon. I mean, that was classic. That was so Tim, Tom Sula. And we loved him for that, but none of us wanted him to be the head coach. And so when Jed York announced that Jim Tom Sula was going to be the head coach, we were just so frustrated. And I remember during the season before Jim Harbaugh was fired, I remember hearing Matt Mayoko say, if the 49ers and Jim Harbaugh part ways, keep an eye on Jim Tom Sula. And I remember thinking, no, no, there's no way. I mean, I, I love Jim Tom Sula, but this would be a really bad idea. And then it happened. And I'm like, what in the world? And so Tom Sula made some head-scratching decisions right off the bat, especially when it came to his coaching staff. Now, he was smart enough to keep Tom Rathman as his running backs coach, but listen to the names that he hired. So he he promoted Jeep Christ uh, to offensive coordinator. Christ was on Harbaugh's staff, uh, but he uh, Tom Sula made him the offensive coordinator. Bad idea. Christ was, was not good. He hired uh, Eric Mangini. Eric Mangini was the tight ends coach on Harbaugh's staff. And uh, Tom Sula made him the defensive coordinator. That wasn't a terrible decision because Mangini had ties with Bill Belichick. He was on that Patriots staff at one time. So it wasn't a terrible idea. But when, when Harbaugh left, there was this flurry of departures, especially on the defensive line. I mean, they did lose... Uh, the offensive tackle on on the offensive side. They lost Frank Gore, uh, Anthony Davis. That's that's who they lost. Um, the offensive tackle that just retired out of nowhere. They lost Frank Gore. Uh, gosh, I don't remember who else they lost on the offensive side. Uh, defensively, uh, Justin Smith retired. Chris Borland retired. Patrick Willis, ah, he retired. That was that one hurt. Uh, we, we kind of expected Justin Smith to retire. Losing Patrick Willis really hurt. And so I think there were some others that uh, that were lost in uh, uh, to free agency. I don't know, maybe Dante Whitner. Uh, he may have may have left at that time. I can't I don't remember. but the the defense didn't have near the talent. And so Eric Mangini's defense wasn't great, but uh, it wasn't entirely his fault. Um, okay, here's here's the big one. Uh, Tom Sula hired Steve Logan as his quarterback coach. I can hear you saying who exactly like nobody knew who this guy was. He was like some radio guy and I don't even remember where, but it was such a, such a terrible uh, hire for a quarterback coach. They hired Adam Henry to be the wide receiver coach who? Yeah. Uh, Tony Sperano was the tight end coach. That wasn't actually a bad, bad decision. Sperano was good uh, as a tight ends coach. They hired uh, Chris Forrester as the offensive line coach. Now, where have I heard that name? Oh yeah. He's the offensive line coach that Kyle Shanahan selected. So, so that wasn't a bad decision. Scott Brown was the defensive line coach. No idea who that guy is. Uh, Clancy Pender, Pendergast, and Jason Tarver were the linebackers coaches. Uh, Jason Tarver, that's that's not a bad choice, but Pendergast, no idea who he is. Uh, Tim Lewis was the secondary coach. That wasn't a terrible decision. Um, so we went from having a, an all-star cast of coaches 
under Harbaugh to mostly nobodies under Tom Sula. I remember hearing one of the 49ers players talking years later saying that when it came to came to strategy and game plan under Tom Sula, we never had a chance. And so that's pretty bad. And a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Matt Barrows uh, on this show. And I asked him in his 20 years covering the 49ers, what was his most memorable uh, few uh, press conferences. And one of them was the Jim Tom Sula introductory press conference. Remember where he's like bumbling over his answers and he mentioned Joan and payroll. And, and so Matt Barrows said after the press conference, he said, I looked at Matt Mayoko who seated next to me. And I said, well, I guess we'll see each other again here next year. And he was right. Such a bad hire. Number three, Trading for OJ Simpson. Now, in 1978, the 49ers traded for the former top pick, OJ Simpson. So before he was committing double homicides, OJ Simpson was a star running back with the Buffalo Bills. Heisman Trophy winner, great running back. Terrible person, but great running back. But when the 49ers traded for him, he was on the downside of his career. He could barely walk. He just was completely washed up, and the Bills totally fleeced the 49ers on this deal. So listen to this. The 49ers traded their second and third round picks in 1978, their first and fourth round picks in 1979, and a 1980 second rounder to to get O.J. Simpson. That 1979 first round pick ended up becoming the number one overall pick. What a horrible, horrible decision. Not only was O.J. Simpson terrible, they he rushed for only about 1,000 yards in two seasons. So about 500 yards each season that the 49ers had him. And they lost all those picks, and one of them was the number one overall pick. So just a horrible decision. Number four is drafting Jim Druckenmiller instead of Jake Plummer. Now, this is not going to seem like that big of a deal to you, but here's the thing. In 1997, Bill Walsh, who was a consultant with the 49ers at that time, consulted the 49ers. He recommended that they draft Jake Plummer. And Bill Walsh said that Jake Plummer reminded him of Joe Montana. So instead of doing what Walsh encouraged them to do, they drafted in the first round this guy named Jim Druckenmiller, who was probably one of the least bright quarterbacks ever. I mean, if there's a QB test, like this test that uh, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance evidently scored elite on, Druckenmiller, who knows what he would, I mean, I don't know if he could spell his last name. It is kind of a hard last name to spell, but this guy was terrible. He started one game for the 49ers. He only played one season in the NFL. He was just terrible. Jake Plummer, meanwhile, who was drafted in the second round, uh, started 136 games in his 10 year career. Now he didn't become Joe Montana, But had he been in the right system, in the right situation, who knows? Maybe he could have become who Walsh thought that he could be. 
But here's the lesson. If Bill Walsh tells you to draft a quarterback because that quarterback reminds you of Joe Montana, draft that quarterback, please. Uh, that, that just was a bad decision. Then number five is firing Steve Mariucci. So in 1997, the 49ers hired Steve Mariucci to replace George Seifert, who, of course, uh, had won two Super Bowls after replacing Bill Walsh. And this team was, was really talented. They were only a few years removed from that 94 season when they won the Super Bowl. And even though they lost Steve Young and Jerry Rice in the first game of the season, uh, Steve Young had a concussion and he missed the rest of that game and the next game. Jerry Rice tore his ACL and he missed the entire season except for the last game of the season. He came in against Denver on a Monday night and played, was re-injured, and missed the playoffs. But if you take away that uh, those two injuries, I, I mean, including I mean, don't take them away because it happened. But what I'm saying is that even though those injuries took place, Steve Mariucci had a really good season with the 49ers as in his first season. They now they ultimately lost in the NFC Championship to the Packers, uh, but then they came back next year and had a really good team. Uh, got into the playoffs again, uh, finally beat the Packers, which the 49ers were having trouble doing. Uh, but then they lost to uh, the Atlanta Falcons uh, in, in a game that if Garrison Hurst doesn't get hurt, then the 49ers probably win that game. But they had no running game um, after Hurst went down. And that team could run the the snot out of the ball. So so when Hurst went down, it, it, it really hurt uh, hurt the team. So 97, 98, really good teams. And then in 99, the bottom of the barrel fell out. The 49ers were an aging team. They were in salary cap hell. They had been putting off these contracts and doing restructures to keep the team competitive and, and, and right there uh, with the ability to win the Super Bowl. And so it finally caught up with them in 97. Not only that, but Steve Young sustained another concussion early in the season missed the rest of the season and of course never played again. So in 99 they 99 they begin this what basically turned out to be a two-year rebuild. And even though they were losing all of these players and having to rebuild, Mariucci still had a better team than guys like Dennis Erickson and Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula and Mike Nolan, he had a better team than them and he had more success than those guys. So he turned the, turned the team around and in 2001 made the playoffs again. So they missed the playoffs in 99 and 2000. But in 2001, after this rebuild, they're back in the playoffs. And then in 2002, they're back in the playoffs again. And after that season, the 49ers hired or fired Steve Mariucci. I think John York said that it was something that it wasn't performance based, uh, which obviously because Mariucci had been really successful, but he said it was like a differing of opinions. And I, I think what it boiled down to was that Mariucci wanted more say when it came to uh, roster construction and they weren't willing to give him that stupid decision, especially the fact that they replaced him with Dennis Erickson, who is one of the worst coaches in NFL history, a great offensive mind, great offensive coordinator. I think if, if he would have been that, but a terrible head coach, uh, his teams were known for being sloppy for, uh, 
setting all kinds of records when it came to penalties that they were committing. And so he just was a terrible decision or terrible hire. So they fire Mariucci and the 49ers went nine seasons without making the playoffs again. So those were my top 10 terrible decisions. Uh, I'll give you a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, Playing Alden Smith after his alcohol-induced car crash in 2013, this didn't necessarily hurt the team, so to speak, but it was a horrible look. Uh, the fact that Alden Smith, I I don't remember exactly, but he he was he was drunk. He crashed his car. I don't remember if he hit a tree or hit another car. I don't I don't remember what it was, but it was a terrible look. That a couple of days later, they're playing him on Sunday. Um, against the Col- I think it was against the Colts. I don't know why I remember that, but they ended up losing that game because the Colts, uh, I think the reason I remember that is because the Colts were a really young team. Maybe Andrew Luck was uh, in his second season, I think. And so the Colts were kind of young, up and coming team. And, uh, and so nobody expected the 49ers to lose that game, but they did. It was embarrassing. It was a terrible look. And uh, Alden Smith's life just, kind of started spiraling out of control. Uh, Just a sad thing because he was such a talented player. My other honorable mention was allowing Lawrence Phillips to be responsible for pass protection in a Monday night game in 1999 against the Arizona Cardinals. Phillips missed a blitz pickup from cornerback Aeneas Williams who knocked Steve Young out of the game and the season with a concussion. And as you know, the 49ers finished that season 4-12, and 12, missed the playoffs for the first time in years, and Steve Young never played another down. So that crappy Lawrence Phillips, who was a terrible person, they should have never brought that guy in, but they did. And he uh, not only was a terrible pickup, but uh, he ended Steve Young's career because he doesn't know how to block. And now I think the guy's dead. I think he was in prison and somebody shanked him or something. So I think I think he's, he's actually dead now or maybe committed suicide. I can't remember, but uh, not happy about that. That's, that's a sad thing, but uh, just a terrible decision. So those are my top 10 with a couple of honorable mentions. Jump in and tell me what I left out. What, uh, what would your top 10 be um, if I didn't get it? get to yours. So uh, thanks again for joining the uh, 49ers Camelot podcast. Uh, Later this week, I've got Paul Hope uh, from 49er Faithful UK. Uh, We're going to be live with him on uh, Thursday afternoon. So make sure that you're a part of that. You don't want to miss that because Paul knows his stuff. Great guy. So thanks again for joining me.